0: do who fans and welcome to the big blue box podcast my name's gary my name's adam and welcome back this is episode 292
1: yeah
2: one day i shall come back yes i shall come back until then there must be no regrets no tears no anxieties just go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that i am not mistaken in mine
3: our lives are different to
0: howdy howdy do do doo do doo. hey hey who fans welcome back to another week hope you're keeping safe and healthy you've had a cracking week and that you've all managed to do something, something doctor who doctor related who. related yes indeedy didy 292 bud
4: these weeks are flying by. What's going on? Yeah. Where
0: we are. Yep. December is upon us, Crimbo Week, as we rattle through mm-hmm. the uh, lockdown weeks here in the UK. Uh, nothing quite, uh, no, nothing exciting going on there. It's quite quiet, uh, which is good. So no apocalyptic news. <laughs> so hopefully things are on the up. The old vaccine rolling out. It's good news. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've also seen a few Doctor Who fans lose their minds this week, which is really funny.
4: <laughs> really? Yeah, like I love
0: seeing these random these random videos on I YouTube. Miss- it was brilliant. Yeah, so one one person put a video out on YouTube. I've I forgotten the YouTuber's name. I'm very sorry, because uh, it's the only video I've ever seen of theirs. But uh, yeah, basically said that Jodie Whittaker's agent has recommended that she jacks in... <laughs> that she throws in the towel on Doctor Who for the sake of quitting while she's ahead, while she's on top. Right. Which was really cool. And then, as you would expect, the comments just went berserk. And then somebody picked up on it on Twitter and it was just hilarious, mate. So, uh, yeah, apparently, whoever Jodie Whittaker's agent is, have said, while Doctor Who is at its best right now, uh, you should go. So there's a number of things wrong with that. I'm not going to get in well depending on your opinion there's a number of things wrong with that. I'm not going to get into that right now dude but it was one of those weeks where I was like it, it, this is just 2020
4: <laughs> in, in a nutshell in a nutshell
0: <laughs> yeah if there was ever a year that there was going to be a video like that it's 2020
4: <laughs> I think it's also I did yeah I do I remember seeing a bit of that on twitter now you mention it. Uh, I think it was also fueled by the fact that I think um Jodie had said in an interview with, I think it was FSX, SFX magazine, um, that she was going nowhere. She was like, she's like, no, I'm, I'm loving it. I'm not even looking for other work at the minute. You know, I'm, I'm just, you know, really enjoying being the Doctor and stuff. So I think that was sort of circulating as, as well. So these sort of two things combined and um, fandom. Lo- what is it about when someone's cast as the Doctor? Almost immediately people are like, well, when are you leaving? Because I remember Matt, they all get it, don't they? Um, Chris got it, David got it, Matt got it. They all get it, like as soon as they're announced. How long are you staying for? (laughs) Tell us now.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Dave Tennant said that. Very informal. Your old mate Dave. Your old mate Dave. you got a
4: photo with him. (laughs) Yeah, all right, Mucker, what you (laughs) feel? Yeah,
0: David Tennant said that in one of the behind the scenes on one of those Doctor Who confidentials. I think it was back in series when he was going through the specials. They did like a couple of really good interviews with him. And he said that almost word for word that said, it's a strange old thing being cast as yeah. the doctor, because as soon as you're cast, people want to know when you're leaving. Yeah. Which is so true, isn't it? They, Like you said, they did it with Matt Smith. Like, How long are you going to stick around for then? <laughs> it's like, well, I've only just got the job. So I don't know yet. <laughs> yeah. It's a strange old thing, isn't it?
4: It must be difficult because they um, obviously don't want to get sort of typecast and they want to move on to other things, because some Doctors, you know, were quite successful. Peter Davison, I mean, has managed to get loads of work before and after Doctor Who. I think Tom Baker has said in interviews that he struggled after Doctor Who, because everybody associated him as that part, and he did stay a long time, didn't he? So Mm -hmm. I think he said he struggled for a while to get work. Um, So it's difficult to know when to to jump ship, isn't it, really? And I suppose with David... uh, it must have been difficult because he loves, he's such a big fan. I think for him to, to give up that part, I reckon that was a tough, t- I can imagine him having sleepless nights over that. Cause it, you know, if I, you know, being a fan, if I was cast as the doctor, I'd probably never want to let anyone else have it <laughs> again. I'd be coming in on Mazima with Masonic, Sonic. A Sonic
0: Zimmer.
4: Yeah. 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 I'd be there forever. You know, so it must be a hard job to, to mm-hmm. make that decision, I guess. Yeah, but, see, I reckon she'll be there at 60 the for this rate. I mean, God, the, the way things are going, we'll we'll be at the 60th before we know it.
0: Yeah, I guess it depends. I suppose on your outlook on on things. I, m- I remember when David Tennant spoke about him and the decision to leave. I think he said something like that when he was first cast as the Doctor, and for all of the time he was on the show, it didn't feel like a job. It yeah. felt like. Just this amazing thing that he was able to do, and I think he said when it starts to approach that feeling of right, this feels like I, I, I've got a job. That's probably the, that's a sign, like a really early sign that you should think about going. But for other actors, I'm not sure. I don't think Matt Smith's ever spoken about it publicly, like right. the, the reasons behind his decision to go. The same with um, we know why Chris Eccleston left. That was yeah. a that was a whole thing. So yeah, I'm not sure about Matt, but I'm not. I, I, it's hard to say, isn't it, with Jodie because. You, want, you wonder how much you wonder how much other influence how, how many other influences are in play so it's not I imagine it's not just a case of well, it's good for you that you feel like you're really happy in the role. However, we've got these other reasons over here which I think it's one of those when some actors leave roles, are they pushed or did they did they jump? Yeah. Well,
4: actually, yeah, that was leading me into slightly controversial territory because I was going to say don't forget about Capaldi because although he says it was his decision to leave, and I'm sure it was, I think he must have made that decision, I always feel from listening to like the interview with Capaldi when he was on Radio 1 when he broke down in tears and we hear that when Chibas took over he had a set plan that he was surprised the BBC went with and he only ever was going to cast a woman and all this stuff. So I kind of feel like... Although I don't think they told Capaldi, I don't think Capaldi was sacked. I feel he felt, I don't know, I always get the impression that he was sort of made to feel like, yes, yeah, time you time you moved on, mate, we're, we're moving in a new direction. And I'm just judging that on stuff, interviews I've heard of him, things he said at conventions, you know. So I'm that's just my opinion. I could be completely wrong. But that's always the impression I get, that he was not sacked, but sort of, you know, we're, we're, this is what we're gonna be doing next with the next show animate and you you don't really fit into it and but obviously you can continue if you want to, but we're you know but there's the door. Sort of yeah, yeah. that's that's you know, that's a very harsh way to put it, but that's kind of the way I feel because he was he was really upset in that BBC interview, wasn't he? He broke down and he was so emotional about leaving and um and he said something at uh, LFCC, and I just thought, yeah, it just kind of backs that theory up, but I forget what it was. He was sort of he seems to have sort of Completely sort of moved away from the part,
0: yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You
4: don't really see him involved in it at all. It's like, you know, I don't know, I could be completely wrong, but that's that's the gut feeling I get as well. But I hope not because I really love Capaldi's Doctor, and I think I don't think he realizes how much he's loved in fandom. I think he feels a little bit like Colin, that he feels he didn't quite get a, a fair sort of crack at it in a way.
0: Well, he yeah. didn't, he did, let's be honest, he didn't,
1: did he? Yeah.
4: Well, it's, it was it, it, they changed his doctor yeah, so yeah. much, didn't they, in his three years? You know, they kept trying different things, and they made him grumpy at the beginning, which I think they should have stuck with. And then they tried to make him cool by playing a guitar and giving him the hoodie and the, the sonic, sonic Sh- shades, and yeah. they kept messing him <laughs> around. And they should have just, yeah. By series ten, though, I think they just started to get him right. Yeah, yeah it's I too love, late I, by
0: that point, though, mate.
4: Isn't yeah, it? well, he was he was already, you know, yeah, filming his regen.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's I mean, an interesting it's old it's thing, you know. Doctor.
0: Yeah, like... Well, and I wonder if that'll ever come out. Well, it's a real shame, you know, because out of all of modern Doctor Who, I'm not talking about current now with Jodie's era, out of all of, like, Eccleston through to Capaldi, I think Capaldi's era is the stuff that I watch the least. And it's not a reflection on, on Capaldi's performance. Well, h- h- him being the Doctor. It's just that they screwed him around so much with... Like, the consistency is all over the place as you watch, his was it three seasons, three series that he did? Yeah. They're so different. And in a way, that's not a bad thing if you're going to do different things with the show as a whole. But just how he is portrayed as the Doctor and how the scripts were written for him, they're all over the place. Like, if you watch an episode from his first series versus, even in the next one, his next series, they're two wildly different performances to a degree and yeah. uh yeah and it just feels like oh, and i hate saying that because he's such a wonderful guy you know and he's a great actor and he was great as the doctor but yeah i just find that the capaldi stuff mate i watch that the least out of all of the modern who stuff
4: yeah i must admit, i don't go back and watch much of his but i think it's more to do with clara with me because every time i think of an episode she's so prominent in it <laughs> i just it puts me off um you know, because I, I was, I sort of think, yeah. I just think of her like throwing the TARDIS key in the fire. I'm just, like, oh, I don't want to watch all that stuff again. And the stuff with Danny Pink, and even stories that I think, oh, well, shall I bung that on? I then start remembering bits in it that have got Danny and Clara, and I'm like, nah, actually, I don't think I'll bother because I just, I don't want to be watching all that stuff again. But it's not really to do with Capaldi. But um, no, I, I, I do find it intriguing though because I can't help but think, if he wasn't sort of g- gently nudged out the door, if he wasn't. Then how would it have worked? If he'd said, "Yeah, actually, I fancy doing another year," how would that have worked? Would they have chosen a different showrunner? Because Chris has said he was very definitely wanted to go. He'd got his own vision, female doctor. He was only ever gonna audition, you know, fem- uh, women for the role. So where would that? How would that have gone if Capaldi had said, "Yeah, actually, I fancy doing another year"? Like, what would have happened? You know, I don't, I just mm. don't know. I think there's a definitely an interesting behind the scenes story there somewhere but whether we'll ever know what went on
0: yeah there definitely is mate yeah because it's not
4: really- Moff was gone he, he he was already being like he, he wanted to go he was sort of more or less forced to do twice upon a time wasn't he he was sort of told well you know if you don't do that Christmas special that's why Capaldi was supposed to regenerate at the end of whatever the story was where he's lying on the floor shot by the side that was the original regeneration and Moffat changed it because he was forced to write that extra special so Mothfew was out the door. So it just, yeah. I wonder who else was in line to take over as the showrunner.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? And it, I think mm-hmm. it's, uh, it, it, it also stems back from, I don't know, it feels like back in the day, like in retro television, in, in older years, throughout the 70s and 80s, a certain actor had a lot more power over a show. Like if you think back to all the stories we've heard about Tom,
4: Tom, yeah, I know, I was thinking Tom. And it's not just Doctor (laughs) Who
0: though, like there were a lot of programmes, like British TV programmes back in the day. I imagine the same for the US as well, with things like Dallas and, I don't know, Knight Rider and stuff like that. Like the lead actor holds quite a lot of power. Like if he says, I'm doing another series, then everyone has to do that around what they want to do. I don't feel like that's the case these days. I feel like it's very much like with Capaldi. I'm pretty much with you on that, buddy. I reckon that... He was nudged because it, he didn't fit in with their with with their vision. It's like like we've got a new plan for Doctor Who. We've got a new showrunner lined up. Yeah. The only snag, Peter, I'm very sorry, is that he'll only join, and jump on board if we if you know if it's a female doctor. So you're clearly not female. So that the only options left is the door, mate. Don't let it hit you on the way out. <laughs> Thanks for being the doctor. I reckon that was the case, but. You're right it's really intriguing and you don't want to pry too much but you know at the same time you want them to spill the tea on what's going on but you have to remember this has happened in all of Doctor Who like back in the Hartnell years that was shown really beautifully in an adventure in space and time yes oh that you know that meeting at the scene. end with Sydney yeah. um, and Hartnell
4: Sydney Newman yeah
0: Sidney Newman and he's like it's just even talking about it I just
4: think I can fit that is so emotional that scene yeah yeah and it's
0: like we're going to continue we've got all these cool things and he's like oh great great but not with you yeah and I imagine that's a very similar thing that they did with Capaldi it's like we've got all of these new grand plans female doctor new companions new showrunner it's all going to be amazing just unfortunately you don't fit in with those plans so oh Oh,
1: I
4: wish I had not mentioned that scene it's got me yeah. I, the bit that gets me actually is after in the after that the scene in the TARDIS when he's getting um, he's sort of looking around him and everything's changed and he knows he's leaving. That oh man, that is such a good drama, <laughs> such a good drama. Yeah, I don't know. We'll never know what happened, Peter. We'll 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 probably never know, and um, we can only assume. So, listeners, if you're screaming at us, it's telling us we've got it wrong. We're we're just going by stuff we've heard and. Yeah, things yeah. that have been said in interviews. Who knows what went on during that transition from uh, Moffat to Chibnall? It's, um, it was certainly a big change, and yeah, I'm sure there were things, you know, said and done, but we'll never know. I mean, I, don't, I yeah, I have heard that Chibnall was only ever going to cast female. I think he said that, didn't he? I, I think we're right in saying that. That was his plan, wasn't it?
0: Yes, all along. But,
4: yes, yeah, all along. But yeah, who knows? We'll probably never know
0: indeed mate. yeah and um and also don't forget colin he was publicly sacked
4: <laughs> yeah i mean that's probably the worst one of them all isn't it it's the way i think colin's probably been treated the worst of any actor to play the doctor i think um yeah well i mean Hartnell was that was harsh but yeah colin that was bad Andrew yeah colin. yeah
0: it was harsh anyways um yeah, so we've waffled on quite a bit here about yeah. the uh, the um, the ins and outs of hiring and firing various doctors <laughs> over the years. Um, a quick update from me on what I've been up to. I haven't read or watched anything other than Sarah Jane, but uh, I've just lied there immediately. Um, I did watch the um, the other parts of the Daleks animated web series.
4: Oh, yeah, yeah. I finished that up yesterday. It was the last one, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So I watched, I binge watched parts to... What do you reckon to, to it? ...to five. So... Uh, it's all right
4: it's, it's all right
0: do you know what dude it was it was very cool it was um it was all right the only thing is is that i felt like there was like part 5 for me so it was really good the whole and this is if anyone hasn't watched this yet this is a bit of a spoiler so um either pause go and watch it and come back or fast forward approximately a minute um i felt like the whole master plan that was revealed where the yeah. daleks wanted to take out the entity and at the same time they wanted to take out the mechanoids because they viewed the mechanoids as like the other In sort of threat. Theory. Yeah. That was all cool, but it kind of like part five and that was it. At the end I was like, right, so what's next? What what's happening now? And it was all a bit like, right, well that's done. Like four parts leading up to that and then it was oh
4: no, I, so. I, I did feel a little bit like that as well. Cause it it started off pretty good at five and they're back on Scarrow and there's some nice stuff going on. But yeah, I was left a little bit underwhelmed, I suppose. But It was still still better than I thought, though, because uh, I remember when they announced that thinking, man, that don't look good. <laughs> I was, yeah. wasn't really too impressed by the trailer at the time. But um, yeah, no, it, it was quite an enjoyable little watch. And they're only 15 minutes an episode, aren't they? So it was they're quite an easy little thing just to bunk on. In the background, but yeah, I, I felt a little bit like that as well. I sort of got to the ending, and yeah, it's a little bit. It was just a bit like, like you said, like yeah, okay, what's next?
0: Yeah, but yeah. otherwise, though, I thought the um, I thought the actual as a kind of a little mini story, it was kind of cool, and uh I liked the voice acting and stuff. Obviously, Nick Briggs doing his thing, and we had yeah, um, and Geely back, um, you know, Rani, you know, she was pretty yes. good, and. So about the voice, is it pretty good? The only thing is, the animation was a bit up and down for me. Like there were certain very. scenes, yeah, there was. Obviously, it looks like it had a very small budget, so we can't complain too much. But there were certain scenes where it looked beautiful, like some of the exposition shots and wide-angle things out in space, and like the panning, sweeping shots over the over Scarro and all that stuff. Some of it looked really nice, but then other things. I don't want to get too techie, but it like felt like. <laughs> Yeah, it felt like some of the, like the, the strategist, Alec, his outer casing and stuff was all beat up and had dents and scratches all over it. Uh, but the textures that they used were low resolution. Like some things were quite high resolution and really sharp and looked quite good. But then other things, yeah, it they loaded in like real low. I, I imagine that's just a limitation on whatever design yeah. software or pipeline they were using. But so it was up and down like some shots look really good and then other shots it was you know yeah but
4: it it felt like it was like they were rushed or something to me it felt felt like it was unfinished if you know what i mean in terms Mm. of the animation like they'd managed to get certain bits yeah that's great that's brilliant that's ready to go now i just need to just need to sort of do this scene now well we haven't really got time so do it quickly oh and you know it just felt that like you said there was no consistency to it some shots looked lovely and then there'd be an explosion that looked like it was from like the nineties sort of computer game. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. An odd one. But I got past that pretty quick, but I know exactly what you mean.
0: Yeah, you do yeah. get past it. But yeah, I mean story's not a bad little thing. It's um I like the little twists that were in there, like yeah. the strategist Dalek going off with the mechanoids and the Supreme leader thought that yeah. he was betraying them and all that stuff. And
4: it yeah. was cool to have the mechanoids back. It was I mean yeah. I liked, I liked that. That was cool. Yeah. Cause it was a good, good fa- face-off at the end between the two of them as well, so yeah. Yeah. yeah, not too bad.
0: Yeah, other than that, dude, I haven't watched any other, any other Who? Have you been up to much?
4: Uh, no, just briefly, I, I finished that up yesterday, same as you, I watched that, and um, I did listen to the first story in the, you know, the 10th Doctor and River song, Big Finish box set that I said I was looking forward to listening to. Yes. I was really disappointed, dude. I mean, I've been really looking forward to cracking that set open. So it's a, it's a four disc set, but there's three stories in it, and um, I just thought it was going to be fun because the, the the tenant stories that I've listened to, big finish so far. They've been he's great, and he is to be fair to him, he's he's really good in this one I listened to. But um, so I listened to the first story, expiry dating. Now, I, I know a lot of people don't like River, but I don't mind her. Um, I think, yeah, she could be a bit annoying, but gen- generally I think she's quite good fun, and I thought her and the Tenth Doctor would be great on audio. But this first story, she is written to be excruciatingly annoying. Um, mm. And David's great in it, but God, it was a rubbish story as well. Um, I, our reviewer, um, oh gosh, is it Matt? I've his name. The, uh, Mark r- Donaldson. Review. Mark, sorry, yeah. Mark he um he summed it up perfectly i think he sort of it's, he said it's like a sort of opening sketch that Moffat would have written stretched into an hour long story and uh that's absolutely what it is sort of the, the the story behind it was was just pretty weak and oh river was driving me insane for mm-hmm. about halfway through she was being so it's it's basically just her and the dr creek t- trying to sort of do one upmanship on each other pretty much throughout the whole story and that's mm-hmm. fun for about 2 minutes But it's literally the whole story, back and forth, them trying to sort of outdo each other. And she's just written to be so annoying. I was so disappointed. I was really looking forward to, like, but I really hope the rest of the set's better (laughs) because they're written by, they're all three stories written by different people. So I'm hoping the next one's better. But yeah, I've been looking forward to this set.
0: (laughs) Well, dude.
4: (laughs) It was rabbit. I mean, I was literally, there's the bit that really got me. And again, it's, it's a spoiler. So you, Listener, if you haven't listened to it, you might want to jump forward about thirty seconds. There's a bit where the Fifth Doctor turns up, and he's all uh, falling over River as if he's in love with her, and he's apologising that, "Oh, you haven't returned my calls," and he's he's doing all this stuff. And I'm thinking, this just—that's not the Fifth Doctor. It just doesn't so out of character. I I found it quite annoying. <laughs> oh, so yeah, right. so I I nearly switched it off halfway through. I was thinking, I'm really not enjoying this, but i I've paid good money for it. I'll I'll finish it. Um, but I didn't get a lot out of that. <laughs> so, not um, good. I, no, I mean, it, I, I will move on to the next one and hope it's better because, uh, yeah, this was a set I was looking forward to, dude. Tennant's brilliant on audio. I mean, I'm not, no complaints in the department from him. He's he's the only good thing in this story. Um, and he's brilliant in the other ones that I've listened to. Like the one he did with Tom Baker was a great, Great fun. Uh, really good little story. But uh, no, sometimes Big Finish just don't hit the mark, do they, mate? I think they, their output is so big at the minute that they do really good stuff. But every now and again, you're going to get one that's just a bit falls to the wayside, I think. This is definitely one of them.
0: <laughs> definitely, yeah.
4: Yeah, so that's that's the only thing I've done really. is I listened to that and um, Doctor Who magplonked through the letterbox yesterday. I haven't had a chance to read it, but it's got a nice picture of uh, Jodie in a red prison. Outfit on the cover. So it's always something cool about the Doctor not being in his own costume. I don't know what it is. It's a bit like a bit like the Doctor in Black Orchid when he puts on the Harlequin costume <laughs> or uh, the 10th Doctor in, the, in the, the space suit. It's something cool when he puts on a different costume, isn't it? So, yeah, mm-hmm. I, like, I do like the cover, but no, I haven't had a chance to read it yet. But uh, I shouldn't think it gives much away anyway about the special. No, it says on the front, no. exclusive, you know, exclusive it reveals of the special. I was like, yeah. They you won't nasty. have anything, mate. No, no mate. not that I really want any anyway. I want to keep it all. <laughs> <laughs> but that's been me, mate. That's been me, pretty much.
0: righty. Okay, well, finish. yes. Yeah. Uh, right, so we haven't got any news this week, but we have got uh, one piece of merch to go through, yeah. and then we're on to our review of Sarah Jane Adventures. Before we crack on with that stuff, though, do remember to subscribe to our show. Uh, it's really easy to do so. Whatever app you listen to your podcasts on, just do a search for The Big Blue Box Podcast Or if you head over to our website, bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk, you can find links there off to those various podcast apps and networks. We'd love to have you as a sub. That way you won't miss a show when it lands every Friday. We are on the socials too, Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Again, there are links on the website or just do a search for us on there. We chat Doctor Who throughout the week, so come and get involved over there. We have a free Discord server as well. Lots of Who chat every day over there, so come and hang out. Links on the website And talking to the website, we had a couple of cool reviews that landed um, over the last week. So as Adam's just mentioned, we've got our review of The Tenth Doctor and River Song from Big Finish. That was by Mark. And we also had a review of the Time Lord Victorious book, The Night, The Fall and the Dead, which was reviewed by Jordan. And we've got Mm -hmm. a few other bits coming up over the next week or so as well, which is going to be good. And lastly, also remember to check out my co-host channel over on YouTube, which is The Geek's Handbag.
4: See, I'm a YouTuber, innit? I? Do a bit of YouTube.
0: He's a bleeding Who-Tuber.
2: Actually, oh, that's not must- true,
0: because you don't do just Doctor Who. The majority of your stuff is Who, but you do the odd uh, review and unboxing of other stuff as well. Actually, uh, go on to Adam's YouTube channel and find his unboxings of his Titan figures. It's, oh, really, it's really funny <laughs> uh, watching him... Uh, Well, when he's going through the Doctor Who ones, it's really funny, the whole, oh, I've got like a million of River Song, please, not any more River Song. Um, But then some of the other ones are, yeah, some of his other ones are really good as well for like Ghostbusters and Alien and stuff. Um, Yeah, so just tons of really cool videos over on Adam's channel, The Geek's Handbag, and he's on the socials too, under the same name, so go and give him a, a like and a follow, and we can all chat about Doctor Who and other science fiction related stuff.
4: Yes, indeed.
0: Or sandwiches. Whatever you want to talk about. <laughs> it doesn't matter. So
4: me, sandwiches.
0: Yeah. <laughs> right. Let's uh, see what old Tat's got this week.
4: Oh, yes. Merch corner. Merch corner.
3: Merch corner. It's a bit rubbish, but it's pretty. It's very
2: pretty well there you are young man what do you think of that now eh a viking helmet i
3: know it's on the telly it's everywhere i don't
2: know whether to be impressed or disgusted
4: I
1: work in a shop now here to help
4: oh colin what what, where's that from i don't know to be impressed or disgusted
0: um where's that from answer on a pace card
4: yeah I thought you'd know because you put the trailer together. <laughs> yeah, I did know. I, I did know. Yeah, but that was... I just forgotten. Up. Wow. I just think, is it a TV or is that a big finish?
0: No, it's TV. Uh, it is a TV, is it? Yes. Oh, um, well, this
4: will be one of those moments where people are screaming at them. I love it when of we course, do Of course, yeah, I love that, yeah. They'll be like, oh, Adam and Gary, it's... Yeah, yeah. You, you fools. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, Yes, it's from a TV. disgusted? Yes. Yeah. This
4: yeah. Yeah, so, is on the postcards There's yeah. no prize.
0: So this bit of upcoming merch that Dalek Tat has um, <laughs> very nonchalantly just popped on the floor and buggered off.
4: Practically just let it fall on the floor. Yes.
0: Uh, we will let viewers decide whether to be impressed or disgusted with this um, based on your comments about Big Finish a few moments ago. Mm. But... Coming up in the year 2022, which sounds like a long time away, but you never know. Actually, it is going to be a long time away. I'm not kidding anybody here. September
4: 2022. (laughs)
0: it. Yes. The 10th Doctor is back at Big Finish, believe it or not. He's a busy chap, David Tennant, isn't he?
4: He is very busy. Bloody. He's everywhere.
0: Crikey. He'll
4: be able to buy a new car soon.
0: Yes. Yes, he'll be able to get some food in the fridge. So they've recorded this now already. So this is one of those stories that have been recorded during lockdown, uh, as they are forced to do these days, but it's not out for a couple of years yet. Uh, I imagine that's because they've got some really big storylines coming out from Big Finish over the next year or two um, with the 10th Doctor and stuff. So anyway, uh, this is a new box set that's out in September 2022. It's going to comprise of three stories, but more importantly, which is... I hope is going to be very cool is it's going to feature the 10th Doctor working with some older companions which sounds very cool yes. so this is a bit of a nostalgic trip down memory lane uh, for the 10th Doctor as he teams up with um, uh, companions of his previous incarnations uh, and he will uh, team up with K9 Leela, Ace and Yay. Nissa. Uh, And this is not going back in time to hook up with them. That sounds wrong, doesn't it? This is not going back in time (laughs) to have an adventure with those guys while they are companions as we knew them with the Doctor. Because that would be very timey-wimey. I'm not sure how they get around that. This is the Doctor um, teaming up with those guys long after the Doctor's gone and they're a bit older and so on. And uh, yes, this is called the, uh, the Tenth Doctor Classic Companions. Uh, and you can pre-order it now. Uh, if you want the CD, it's 25 quid, or the digital download is 20 quid. Uh, the three stories are, the first one is called Splinter, written by John Dorney, and the doctor finds canine floating in space and sets off to clear up Time War Fallout. First, they find Leela protecting a village from the Spriggan.
4: I can already hear David saying that. The Spriggan.
0: The Spriggan. Oh, yeah. oh yes, the Spriggan. The Spriggan. Uh, next one is The Stuntman by Lizzie Hopeley. And uh, the Doctor and K9 enter a virtual world of a movie stuntman to help Nyssa escape a time war criminal's scheme. And lastly, Quantum of Axos, written by Roy, Roy Gill, is uh, around Ace investigating a new tech company which seems too good to be true and meets the Doctor and K9 as Axos escapes its trap. So Axos back. Yeah from the from the depth so uh three stories there that two of them sound pretty good and uh one of them yeah so, dude i'm not going to put a downer on this but i am going to say very quickly we are still talking about the time war still,
4: yeah i know still, what you still, mean yeah yeah. I'm a, yeah
0: so other than that it could be cool and then just a little bit of blurb just very quickly so the producer dave Richardson says. Uh, We took our cue from school reunion for this one. Uh, What would it be like if the 10th Doctor met some of his past companions later in their lives? The result is three emotional, exciting stories that cut to the core of Doctor Who about moving on but never forgetting and always embracing the past. Which sounds good. Tissues at the ready. And then David Tennant himself says, "It's it's been one of the great unexpected delights of being locked in one's house for months on end, that this was something I was able to do. Uh, To be not only doing all of these wonderful stories, but to be appearing alongside people like Louise Jameson, John Leeson, Sarah Sutton and Sophie Aldred, it's been just such a treat. I've loved it. It's always such a lovely thing to return to this show.
4: He loves it, doesn't he? You you know, we've said this before, when sometimes when an actor gives a bit of spiel, it just sounds like someone's rearing it for them. We just know that David is loving this
0: because
4: he doesn't need to do this stuff, does he? Let's face it. He's got plenty of work. He's just doing it because he loves it.
0: Yeah, do you know what, buddy? I think we I think we have somebody who is very similar to Tom Baker with Doctor Who because there was a photo that Big Finish put out on Twitter recently, uh, yesterday or the day before, and it was Tom Baker, 86 years old. Oh yes, yeah. in his front room, got his laptop and his microphone all set up. Still, after all this time, yeah, playing the Fourth Doctor. You know, it was just just beautiful to see, and I think that David Tennant is going to be the same. I think in his eighties, he's going to be sat there, microphone on, still doing Big Finish, still doing Tenth Doctor stuff. I, I honestly think he's just the lifelong, uh, and yeah, just loves everything about the show, which is evident because he seems to be uh, really busy with Big Finish these days. So, um, yeah, what you reckon, yeah, what That's do you reckon? Yeah, what do you reckon? So, uh, a bit of classic companionship for the Tenth Doctor.
4: Well, I, I'm really liking the sound of this because you've got you've got three of my favourite old school companions there. You've got Ace, who's probably one of my all time favourites. Leela, I absolutely adore, and K9. I, I think this is great. Um, I'm just sad it's not out till 2022. It's, it feels so far away. But what's scary about that is how quickly it will come round because every time Big Finish announces one of these sets, and it's like, yes, it's not out till 2021, and you think, oh my god, that's ages away, and here we are. Almost in 2021, so um, but yeah, I'm I'm up for this. I'll I'll definitely get it. I think it sounds a lot of fun. I like the sound of it, um, especially what uh, the producer said about it being an emotional ride about embracing the past. I, th- I think um, hopefully they'll they'll nail this one. It sounds good. Talking of the lockdown pictures, um, the three that they've put up are great. So you have got Sophie uh, in a little looks like she's in an airing cupboard. Yeah, and I mean she could have soundproofed put away, or yeah. sound
0: reducing. Phone panels everywhere.
4: She could have put away put away her underwear though, just tucked in the corner. It's there not a rug. Right. What is it? It's towels. It it's folded up towels. No, underneath. Look, it's like a bra or something, isn't it? Anyway, no. yes, there is underneath. It's not look. a bra. What is it?
0: I don't know. It's just like linen and stuff, and oh, the jacket and stuff.
4: Anyway, then you've got Louise, <laughs> then you've got Louise in her boob with the dog. That's a lovely picture. That
0: in her boob? Booth. Oh, booth. Dude, say, get your
4: head out the gutter um, and then you've got david tennant looking kind of scary <laughs> like why like a wild cat i yeah, mean this is i'm not sure that's i'm a bit worried by that picture i mean that's this is this looks like a man going off the rails so i probably wouldn't want that picture uh, <laughs> floating around if i was him but anyway he's obviously chasing that, that,
0: that photo that photo of david tennant says to me ignore what i've just supplied as a comment for this story I'm actually about to jump out the window with all of this recorded <laughs> stuff I've got to do.
4: He looks crazy crackers in that picture but yeah, three nice nice lockdown pictures there. <laughs>
0: yes, indeed. Yeah. And uh, well,
4: two nice ones and one quite scary one.
0: Yes, and uh, a stark comparison to Tom Baker's picture now. I would imagine from whoever the audio engineer is at Big Finish, they probably love these actors that we're talking about now because Sophie's picture, as we said, lots of Um, fluffy foam panels so the audio is probably nice and um there's no reverberation it's all nice Louise Jameson I'm not sure if that I don't think that's her home studio but she's in a recording studio somewhere yeah so loads of uh, panels there David Tennant he's got a pretty good home studio lots of panels lots of um drapes and curtains to deaden the sound it's all good Tom Baker's picture he's in a he's in a massive room with loads of glass windows ceilings (laughs) and stuff so I imagine that the audio engineer's like oh I love you Tom but I'm having to do loads of work on your audio, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. yeah, I reckon this this one could be really cool, dude. Um, and if you're a fan of K9, that's gonna be good because he's in every story, yeah, which is good. Uh, as long as they don't stick too heavily to the whole time war thing, then it could be uh, could be a really good one. Yeah,
4: yeah, I was gonna say we don't need any more of that in it. Thank you very much. But yeah, that no, sounds fun. Yeah, yeah, sure.
0: Right, that's all the stuff we've got to update you on from the world of Doctor Who this week. It's review time now. Buddy, what
4: we got? Yeah, so Sarah Jane Adventures this week uh, with a two-party called The Empty Planet. No!
3: Hello! Hello! happened? Where's Sarah Jane? Well, where's everybody? It's the whole world. Everybody's gone. What about Mr. Smith? Well, we've gone blank. Like he's not even in there anymore. What if it's just the two of us left in the whole wide world? There! What is that? It's every screen. <laughs> Yeah, I saw it. Big and yellow. Big and red. And how are we supposed to deal with two big robots? Ah! These robots can clear everybody out of the whole world, except for the three of us.
4: And now they've come looking for us. Come on, come on! This whole thing now makes even less sense than it did before there were any robots.
0: The Empty Planet. Such a good theme tune,
4: dude. Yeah. Yeah. It means it's always good at Sarah Jane, actually. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The Empty Planet. Part one was broadcast on the 1st of November, 2010. And part two went out the next day, on the 2nd. It was written by Gareth Roberts, directed by Ashley Way, and stars our normal attic, team attic crew that we've seen so far for, for quite a while now. And uh minus a completely minus strikeout for Luke. No Tommy Knight in this
4: one. No Tommy Knight this week.
0: And it's actually a bit of a a bit of a Sarah Jane light episode this one.
4: well oh, very yeah.
0: Yeah. Um so uh story for this one is Clyde and Rani are apparently the only survivors of the human race. The whole of Earth is empty, even Sarah has vanished. A deserted London holds terrors of its own, mainly in the form of two mysterious and menacing robots. So, The Empty Planet, dude. Give me your thoughts immediately mm. on this one.
4: <laughs> immediately. Um, yeah, very uh, Sarah Jane-like, this one. She's only in, like, literally the beginning and the end. It's a bit. It's one of those. Um, I think it, sh- it could have done with Tommy Knight in this, even if he'd just been on a computer screen talking from Oxford, because... Uh, I found this one a bit hard going, to be honest. It's it's probably one of my least favourite stories that we've watched from Sarah Jane, and I, it's still good. Um, I mean, it still goes to show how fantastic Sarah Jane Adventures are, because I think in any other series this would probably be a good one. But because because the standard is so high, every story in Sarah Jane we've watched through all four series up to this point have been so strong. Um, I just found this one a bit weak. Um, it's still good. It was still a fun watch, but. It took a while to get going, um, and when it did, there was a lot of running around the same locations between the two episodes, and uh, it was very predictable, that's the thing. I just, I could see everything that was coming a mile off, and uh, the thing I've liked about Sarah Jane is that it, you can't underestimate it as a children's show. You can't just say, oh, yeah, it's you know the, the stories have got a lot of care put into them. They often have some nice little twists that you don't see coming. This one, I just saw it coming a mile off, you know, that they were after the kid. And, yeah, it didn't do a lot for me, to be honest. Um, I thought it, on the plus side it was really nice to, to have um, Clyde and Rani together. It gave them a chance to have their own little adventure. So I like that and I love the fact it was all about what Sarah Jane had taught them and they managed to figure it out. But... You know, they they just handed the boy over at the end. <laughs> I thought they didn't even question it, you know, and I things like that. It, it just felt a little bit half-baked as a story. There wasn't enough there to sustain my, um, you know, to to keep me watching for the two episodes. I was just getting a bit bored uh, throughout it. So it was okay, but uh, it's probably one of the least favorite that I've watched um, for, so far in this Sarah Jane journey. I just found it a little bit... A little bit filler, to be honest, and it it's hard because obviously it's it's following Death of the Doctor, which we reviewed, um, which is such a great two-parter. So to follow it with this, even though we've had a couple of weeks break between the two stories, I still found it a little bit um, filler, to be honest. But yeah, it was okay. It was still a nice watch, but it's not. It's probably one of my least favourite that I've watched so far. Hmm. It didn't really do a lot for me, to be honest with you. I do like the robots though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do like those guys. I thought they they looked good. But uh, yeah. It's a bit of a sort of mid bit of a mid story for me bit, you know. The thumbs sort of half in the middle, not down not up, it's just in the middle. Okay. What do you reckon?
0: Okay. So um Yeah, I quite like this one, mate. You like this one? Yeah. I wouldn't say it's the best of of SJA. Certainly not. However, I did think it had a cool. Um, it kind of it kind of deals with that. There was two cool elements to this one for me. We got to see a little bit more of how Clyde and Rani are actually how they actually feel for each other. That was, you know, that was one of the things that they <coughs> weaved into the narrative, wasn't it? It wasn't about yeah, um, yeah the attraction between those two. So they, uh, I don't mean that uh, too obviously because that was quite on the nose um but just how they it, it felt like they were more sort of suited in real world situations and um yeah so what I mean by that is you obviously have the uh like I said the attraction thing but there was like these a few moments where Ronnie got a little bit snappy with Clyde yeah you know and he got a little bit well actually I'm in charge because I've been here the longest and all that sort of thing it's had a little bit of a so you can see that rani because she's so worried about you know her parents going and the rest of the world and everything like that she she's like frustrated and she's also um just just worried and so that comes out as like it, it's it's almost like they're trying to well i don't know if they're trying to do this but it was almost like when you when you're in a relationship or you're with somebody or a close friend or whatever sometimes because you're so close to that person it almost gives you a free ticket to be a bit snappy at times you don't really mean it but because you you wouldn't be like snappy to that to somebody that you might meet out in the street 10 minutes later you would never dream of being sort of humpy and snappy you're a bit more you know your polite manners are up and stuff like that whereas those two because they are so close and they're obviously getting a little bit closer dare I say it romantically of how they feel for each other they do feel comfortable enough to be like oh shut up You know, it's it's that kind of like you're getting on my nerves today. Just bugger off. Whereas you couldn't do that with just anybody. So I like that. And then you also have this other big thing. Now, this is the thing that I'm reasonably impressed with because there is when you have this like global emergency post-apocalyptic thing. Normally, it's very difficult to do in real life, even for feature films with quite a lot of money. So to have... And I know they only did it with one street, really. They must have closed off the street and then all of the set dressers made it look like people just to, Literally just vanished in mid of, you know, what they were doing, whatever. Um, and then we have supermarkets and other bits. And there's a bit when they're up on the top of a car park. I think they're looking across London.
4: That was done well. Yeah. they? Because, like, I'm assuming they superimposed London, but that looked bloody real. I was thinking... Did, I even questioned, yeah. I was like thinking, surely they didn't go to London for that one shot. I was like, obviously not. But it look, really looked like, I don't know, they matched, the, they matched the two scenes well, however they did that.
0: Yeah. No, it was good. It was, yeah, that's, I was impressed with that. And the sound design was really good as well. They had this real eerie kind of just emptiness to everything. You just heard like birds singing and that was it. No planes in the sky and all that. Oh, that was another good thing as well because – when you go into that stuff, if you really want to dive into the details, you can start questioning because Clyde brings it up. He's like, if people have just been plucked away, why aren't planes falling from the sky and, yeah. you know, all this jazz. So, and they, they start talking about, okay, well it, you know, people must have been taken at a certain point where they were literally just doing nothing. It's, it seems like, um, or there was like a time freeze or something like that. So I was really impressed with that because even though they only did it to a on a small scale it still felt like the world was desolate and everybody had gone and it's really hard to do because if you've got plenty of money like there was um that horror film 28 days later that's yeah, years well, not, ago yeah. they did that whole thing where they literally closed all of the m like a massive stretch of the m1 motorway which was really expensive timely to do and they did certain parts of london as well where he's walking through and
4: yeah, by Big Ben and all that's all de- deserted. Yeah, yeah,
0: but that takes a lot of money and time to coordinate that and get it done. So, the fact that they couldn't do that to such a larger scale, it still felt um, it like they they could they'd achieved the effect of making it feel like you know everyone had been taken away apart from those two. So, I think there was some good there were some good things that I did like the whole. Even though it was a Sarah Light story, I did like the 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 concept of Clyde and Rani having to do it because there was a couple of times where they questioned, you know, like we're doomed, like we can't do anything. You know, Sarah's not here. And they were like, no, 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 we've got to do it. Clyde's like, what did Sarah always teach us? Like, look at the logic, try and figure out what's going on. So they kind of get back into it and stuff. So they help each other out and stuff. And like you said, the robots, they look very cool, really well done. Actually, you can tell, obviously it's a, a, a dude in a, in a robot suit, but it was really well Really well done. So, yeah, I like the robots. Yeah,
4: they reminded me a bit of uh, Hydroflax, You know that 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 suit that he wears oh, in uh, yeah. in the Christmas, or are, the, uh, are they a bit like the robots? You know Mitchell and Webb voice two robots in. Um, is it uh, with Doctor Widow the Wardrobe? They're in. I can't remember, but it is, they they, yes. they looked very familiar. I felt like I'd seen them before. I just wondered if they were reused or something. But I like the look of them. I knew it, I knew it must be Paul Casey in one of those robot suits that name he, he's he been in every Doctor Who was a robot monster isn't he Paul Casey uh, and sure enough he's the red robot um, no I, I liked all that stuff I really did I mean I thought it was nice because I I really like the characters of Clyde and Rani and it's it's nice you, you're getting to see their friendship has grown and there's I would say there's a romance but there's a little bit of a sort of sparkle between them in, in that department if you like but because yeah. um, there was a funny bit when <laughs> bless him Clyde, uh, I think Riley said something about, oh, Adam and Eve. And Clyde's little face lights up thinking, yeah. you know. <laughs> and she's, like, <laughs> she's like, absolutely not. And he's like, oh, okay, then slaps him right back down. She does, yeah. But, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was nice. It's, it's, uh, Clyde uh, and Daniel Ansley does a great job as Clyde, and he, he gets some nice moments in this. I think he the, the pair of them carry the episode quite well, um, and it must have been nice when they got the script. They probably realised that they're really pushed to the front and. it. You know, it's all about them, but um, so that was all good. I loved all that sort of stuff, and mm-hmm. and I liked the quiet scenes because Sarah Jane's quite a. You know, we mentioned the music; you always get lots of music in it, lots of action, music, lots of running around. So it's quite nice for it just to pause and be silent, and um, and it really stood out, I think, because of that. Because Sarah Jane's always got s- so much going on in it, for it to just stop and be quiet like that was uh, was done really really well. So yeah, I liked all that stuff. I just I guess what I didn't like really was the sort of conclusion because I knew as soon as that kid's introduced, it's got to be him because why else would he be the only other person left? So you're thinking, okay, so it's got to be him. What's the twist going to be? And then the robots ask for sun and air. Now that I did like. I love the play on words. So they think the robots want the sun and the air. As in oxygen, but of course, he's talking about sun and air. Now, that that I did like because I thought that's a lovely little play on words that clever, um, yep. clever. Um, but what the, yeah, I think just the fact they just, just accept that that's true and then hand the kid over without even thinking twice. So I suppose it's just to wrap the story up quickly, but um, I don't know. I just found it a little bit predictable and as I said, a bit underwhelming, really. But then again, what saves it, and this is what's lovely about Sarah Jane, is so the story's wrapped up. Then we get, and they do this quite a lot, a lovely scene between Rani and her dad at the end. Uh, and then obviously Clyde's all cocky because he's <laughs> he's the king. They've been named king and queen, haven't they? The king and queen?
0: Uh, I think it's lord and, and lord, lady,
4: isn't it? Lord and lady, sorry, yeah. yeah. Lord Clyde. So that's lovely. You get that lovely little scene at the end, which leaves that nice warm glow in you. So this is what I mean. In any other sort of in any other series, I think you would this would be a good one and you'd say, oh, that was a nice episode. But I think because the bar's been so high in Sarah Jane, I just felt it was a little bit weak, really, compared to some of the others. But this is what's good about Sarah Jane. It always delivers moments like that and, and sort of brings the episode up a bit, if you like. So it's a lovely ending. What I want to know is, where's Geeta? I miss Geeta. She's,
2: I know, we, yeah, she's I know off, she mate. could
4: be over the top. We've We've said it. She's... Over the top, and she really goes for it. But I'm missing her because clearly the actress is not around. Because they make a few excuses. She she's mentioned. There's photographs over on the wall. She's clearly supposed to be there, but I reckon the actress is obviously off doing other things because <laughs> she's not in it. And I kind of missed her, I kind of wanted. I was waiting for her to come in and be like, Ronnie, my darling, you know, where have you been for an hour? I was waiting for her to to come in, but she doesn't. But it's all left down to the dad instead, who's very good in this, by the way. He delivers a very nice, mm. subtle performance. I thought it's lovely the scene to him and Rani, where he's really sort of caring about what's going on with her and stuff. So, yeah, where's Geeta? She must be off filming something else.
0: Yeah, she's probably on holiday. As she could be. Doctor well, her yes, maybe her, maybe to...
4: her and Sarah J- uh, Elizabeth Slater went on holiday this week.
0: Yeah, you're right though. She does provide a bit of uh, sort of not nothing too deep comedy to what's going on. Uh, but so, c- cause you couldn't have her also cause with Ronnie's dad being very loving and like caring and all that kind of stuff, you couldn't have her mum uh, <laughs> Boulder, do that as yeah, well. Man. So she would yeah. definitely be there just to provide a bit of comic relief really. So you can see why she wasn't exactly needed, but, uh, but yeah, he was really good though. So, um, uh, ron his dad sorry yeah he was really good um at the beginning and at the end really but what was what was cool about his performance at the end was that he's just you can feel that he's just on the cusp of like
4: of work, working
0: out yeah he's like something isn't sitting right here and even though Ronnie's is like no no it's all good I, i'm probably just went out or something or, or, or whatever he's like oh no that doesn't that doesn't make sense and she's like don't don't worry i'm going to get in the shower as we're late for school and he's like all right and then she walks out and he's and then he's got that look back on his face again he's like like you can tell that his brain's like really eager to to solve what's not sitting right with him but he just can't because like everyone else on the planet he was removed and put back so he can't he can't piece it together it's great
4: why i'm laughing that is what i love about it is that he's Trying to work it all out, and then she's like, "What we? Where? Who are you with?" And then Clyde boulders in. He's like, "Oh, she was with me." And he's like, "The instantly the disappointment." He's like, "Of course she was." (laughs) It's like Clyde. He's so disappointed that she's hanging around with Clyde. He's just such a lad. And the thing is, I love the character of Clyde, you know, because he is he is such a lad, and he's a bit, you know, he's a bit hopeless and whatever. But. But he's got a good heart, and he, and and they do this thing where he's again. This is another thing that Sarah Jane does so well. They they bring in these little moments. So there's that bit where he's with his mum, and he's drawn the creature from the previous story. You know, the big buzzard thing.
0: Oh, the Shanxi, whatever they are.
4: The Shanxi. So he's you know he's showing scenes like that where he's like, you know, doing his artwork and stuff. And it's it's such a rounded character. You know, what I mean, you totally get Clive. He's a joker, but he underneath all that bravado and. And stuff. He's got a really good heart, and 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 he's clever as well. Like you know, he, he, him and Ronnie work all this stuff out together from what they've been taught from Sarah Jane. So it's, it's a really rounded character. They, mm-hmm. all of them are really. But
0: yeah,
4: because he gets a hum- because he gets a lot of the humour. I think that's why I sort of warm towards, warm towards Clyde because he gets a lot of the funny, one-liners, um, which is easy to make think oh he's just a joker, but you know that there's more to him than that. Mm-hmm. so that's, sure. that's what I like but, but, but yeah but it's just what made me laugh as well his dad's like oh you were with him were you <laughs> of course you were it would be Clyde wouldn't it yeah, you
0: know Yeah, well, no, he I think...
4: puts his feet up and he's got the really <laughs> cocky you know it's that, that stuff like that it's great
0: yeah I, I think that's part of the wider plan I think as well for Clyde because mm-hmm. it is quite sad that people view him like that especially Ryan's dad because he actually says in this episode he's like I don't know what you see in that Langer boy
4: <laughs> I know, yeah, so, like dads would. Yeah, yeah. so
0: I, I don't think he's too worried as in, I don't think he feels like those two are, you know, an item. But I certainly feel like he's worried that they're going to grow closer than what trouble. they are. Yeah, yeah. But, but to counteract that, we do have some, some stuff that they've written in for his character that try to push him away from that. Because when we first met Clyde, ages ago, uh, in Sarah Jane, Mm. He was very much the hanging out with the cool kids, bit of a lad, stuff like that. But as the series has gone on, each one, and we've got to this point, and probably a bit further on, there is there was that scene in this in this episode where he says, "I don't really see much of my old crew anymore." Like if it was me, oh, yeah. like yeah. it's like it, normally one, no, my mate would text me and say, "Oh mate, there's this fitty, like down <laughs> here, you've got to come yeah. and check her out," sort of thing, and I'd be there. Uh, I'm paraphrasing, and um, but and now he's <laughs> like, but now you know this whole thing with Sarah Jane, and you know I wouldn't change it now for the world, sort of thing. So they, they've, I think they're slowly trying to keep his cheekiness and his humour, but they've moved him away from being your typical lad and hangs around with other sort of laddie uh, sort of characters. So I think it's a good way, uh, and it almost makes you think, right? If only Rani's dad could see those moments, then maybe he wouldn't have such a uh, Down. A downtrodden feel about about Clyde mm. because the only thing that he sees Clyde as is the class clown a little bit. Clyde wants to yeah. have a bit of a laugh yeah. and a joke in the classroom, so Ronnie's dad only sees him as the headmaster of a school, looking at a lad that's just mucking about a lot of the time. He doesn't see those lovely moments that Clyde has when he's talking about stuff like that, and that, I think yeah. that's the um. And I think that's what, like I said at the very beginning, that's what makes this episode kind of cool because without Sarah being there, it gives those two plenty of time to progress, not only the little romantic side of things, but also just because they have that really cool like Stephen King's It sort of moment, don't they, where in Stephen King's It, the kids who save the town, I suppose, they call themselves the Losers Club. And in this, they call themselves... Uh, I think it's the, the the Sarah Jane hangers on, or something like that. They <laughs> give them, yeah, there's that bit yeah. Yeah, so they give like uh, yeah, the hangers on of Sarah Jane. So they give themselves this kind of derogatory label, even though they're not really like that anymore. Like they're they're really valued by sarah jane and like she even though she tries to say because she still has that moment where she's like look i'm worried about you two i don't want you to end up like me where you've gone through all this and you're alone and all that other stuff and they're like no, no no we'll be fine so and then as they're sort of trying to solve what who these robots are because there's a bit at the end where they high five and they're like yeah not a bad not a bad situation from the hangers on sort of mm. thing so there's loads of really good character Stuff in this one it's like quite light, like you said, on action and and all that stuff, but yeah, for that reason alone, I quite like it, but i can see I can see why you think, and i'm the same it 's not like one of the best
4: it's not one yeah. i'll go back and watch uh, um anytime soon, but it is one that um I would happily sit and watch if that makes sense like if it if it was on the tv i'd I'd sit there and watch it, and actually, I might enjoy it more because I think when we watch an episode for the podcast you're looking for things to critique and rather than just watching it, if you see what I mean. And that's the thing. It's like, if it was just on the TV, it's, I'd quite happily sit there and, and find it a nice 50 minute watch. Um, really, but it's just cause we're reviewing it and comparing it to other episodes. It's, it's just not quite up there. One one of the things I wasn't sure about was why they were the only ones not taken as well. And I know they do explain it. We get this flashback to the Jadoon episode. Um, but I didn't get it and I, I maybe because I'd slightly zoned out a bit but I wasn't 100% sure why they were the only people left on earth apart from the kid um, what, what was the reason for that I mean, I, I think they did, they did sort of throw in an explanation but um, it kind of went over my head
0: uh, yeah so I think that was so back in that story with the jadun they were essentially they were grounded by the jadun So, in that story, so they were forbidden from any travel from Earth by by law of the Jadun, Yeah. Yeah, gotcha. So, I imagine that these, this whole planet and race of people that uh, this kid Gavin is the heir and the king, rightful king of, it sounds like, which is a wonderful thing that Doctor Who does sometimes, of all this interconnectivity. I imagine that they're aware of the laws. Of the Jadoon and stuff like that, so Clyde and Rani are forbidden from leaving Earth.
4: Right. Oh, actually, that does—that's quite cool. I hadn't. I saw the Jadoon. I did, just didn't put it together, two and two together. I, don't, I, I wasn't paying attention enough, but that—that uh, that kind of makes sense.
0: Yeah. Well, it right. is kind of cool. Yeah. So they're like, okay, we're not allowed to take those two people off because they're they're forbidden from leaving by laws, inter- intergalactic law, I suppose.
4: Yeah, because I mean, the Jadoon are a big thing in terms of law and like. You know, every episode they've been in, whether it's Doctor Who or Sarah Jane, there is, like, even the Doctor says, you just don't mess with the Judoon. You know, they are a law enforcement. So, you know, these robots are probably programmed to recognise that. So that that does kind of work, actually. I think maybe I should have paid more attention because that might have helped me enjoy the story more because I I kept thinking all the way through, well, why are they the only ones not, like, (laughs) taken? So, yeah, that's a cool little, it's a nice little flashback to that. Episodes. Well, that's a nice way of again linking in the continuity of all the episodes.
0: Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's cool. And what did you? I know we've spoken about him briefly, but what did you think to the the character of Gavin then? Because out of every body and every location and country in the world, the the one who we think is just a normal human child teenager has been left literally mere streets away conveniently from um yeah where clyde and ryanie are and ryanie are in london so uh, i found that a bit convenient because that person could have been anywhere on the entire planet anywhere
4: in london but, or planet yeah yeah
0: but it just so happens to be just a few streets away which is handy so a little bit of convenience there but um uh, what do you think that character then because like you said it was obvious wasn't it right from his very, very. first bit because clyde kind of goes into detective mode immediately he's like those photos (laughs) it looks like you know a family that doesn't really know that their son exists kind of thing and Mm. you know it kind of gives we have to remember that Sarah James was aimed at younger viewers when it went out on CBBC so they probably need you know kids maybe just need a little bit more of a a steer to like think about okay is this is this Gavin character is he what he says he is just an everyday kid or is there something more like hmm why is Clyde saying that so uh, but, yeah, I felt he was kind of okay. Gave him the slip fairly easy. Um, but at the end, like you, the same thoughts as you had, they kind of just throw him to the wolves.
4: They just hand him over, Fair, yeah. Fairly easy. I mean,
0: I know he's not going to his death or anything. He's going off to rule a planet as a king. But
4: It could have been a trap, though. They're, they're normally a bit more cautious than that.
0: Uh, well, yeah, of course, yeah, they're, they're normally a bit like... Because at the beginning, is like, no, we've got to save him. You know, we've got to save him and all that stuff. And then <laughs> at the end, they're like, right, you've got to take this ring off. Because that was kind of cool, the whole... Because uh, it was that thing, isn't it, that um, that uh, the, um, the bio damper, which we saw later on in The Runaway Bride. Or previously to that, sorry, in The Runaway Bride, um, which is kind of cool. So they're like, take this thing off. Bugger off that way, all of our loved ones and humans can come back. So, there was a bit of a switch, wasn't there? At the end, it's like we need to save him, protect him from these robots, and then yeah, off it was.
4: I thought he wasn't too bad, actually. Um, <clears throat> Joe Mason as Gavin, the little kid, he wasn't a bad little actor, considering you know some child actors are dreadful. Uh, he, he played it quite well. Um, what I do like though is the exchange between Clyde and Rani just before <clears throat> that you mentioned where. Clyde has picked up about all the stuff about the family. He's like, he didn't have any DVDs, he didn't have any kids' games. There was nothing. And then Ronnie and you sort so you then think, yeah, you know that's true. Well, why is you know why is he not got any of that? But then Ronnie throws the other side of the argument, saying, well, not everyone's lucky enough to have all those things. And you think, oh yeah, I didn't think of that. So I thought that was a nice exchange as well. That you know, Clyde assumes because he hasn't got all this stuff, he something's wrong. And Rani's is saying, well, not every child is. Lucky enough to have all the things that we have. So think about it that way. And I thought that was a good, good little sort of bit of writing because it just made you think. Cause you, you see, rides Clyde's uh, side of the argument straight away, and then when she throws that back in your face, you sort of feel like you're in Clyde's shoes You think, oh yeah, I suppose yeah, that's true. I didn't think of that. You know, maybe he is just a sort of kid who's not as fortunate as everyone else. So yeah. you do for a, you do for a second think maybe he is just human and just uh, unlucky, and there's going to be that you know, that side of the emotional storyline. But now it goes down the oh he is he is an alien after all sort of thing. Mm. Um but yeah he wasn't too bad was he, old um, Joe Mason as a kid. He kind of when they're when they're in the calf and they're sort of having their he, he keeps saying, Why do you keep using these words? I don't understand. Jadoon, what is it? You know, it's was, it was quite he was quite good in that part. You know he wasn't sort of irritating yeah. or you didn't sit there and think, God, he's not very good, is he? You know, he was quite he was alright.
0: Not too bad. Yeah.
4: Yeah is it too bad? Yeah.: It was the robots oh, oh. that
0: were cool. for me.
4: Though. Yeah, the robots are cool. I mean they obviously add the excitement element to it, and then when they smash through the cafe window, that's, that's pretty cool. Um, and something about the head movement, because they've got that weird head, mm-hmm. it's, it makes them quite creepy, because they're quite cumbersome, so they can be quite jokey, quite comedic. but they, there is something sinister about them. I think it's mm. just because it's that weird head movement that they do. Um, just going back to the, the kid for a second as well, I I almost forgot. I really like the bit, because, you know, Sarah Jane, obviously not the biggest budget, but there is a lovely bit where we go into the kid's eye and see this world. Oh, and yeah. there's like a CGI yeah. shot of the, him w- running through a field. And, and this sort of world is front of him, they're sort of running towards it. That was a nice moment. Um I mean... The CGI just uh, not the best, but it it looked it looked nice, you know. It just looks um, very fairy tale. I I liked that bit. Mm. I'd uh, yeah. So that was a, that was a good little moment.
0: Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, that was a really cool, really cool little moment. And it's I think it was that was really needed to visualise. I was just going
4: to say it definitely yeah. needed it because up to that point he's just a kid, isn't he it's like yeah. well, he looks like a human, doesn't he? So it needed that to take us into the other world.
0: Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, that was good, mate. Uh, I was just going to follow up with the robots. Um, Yeah. uh, Any of our viewers that were teenagers or kids back in 2020, um, I'm not sure if this is uh, an intentional thing or if this is just a bit of, right, um, uh, Ashley, Gareth, Russell, we're really struggling to come up (laughs) with some, some designs for these robots. Uh, It's just not working. And someone said, well, go and watch this TV program called Mission uh, 2110. Now, Mission 2110 was a a, a kids game show that went out on CBBC conveniently in 2010, the same year this went out. And the idea behind it is that mankind is all but extinct. And there's only one person left on the planet. And he's being pursued by these robots called the roboids and uh, if you anyone that's interested at all just do a google search for mission 2110 roboids have a look at the images of the robots there's one yellow one there's one red one Um, but there's also one gray silver one as well and the head looks almost identical between the two robots so the concept of the story of this Plus also that game show that went out is pretty much the same. But then also the design of the robots is very, very close. So I imagine there was a little bit of cross show emails going to and from between the designers for Sarah Jane and and this game show. But yeah, I don't know what to read into that, whether it's just like, okay, let's just use that concept. We'll just tweak the look and feel a little bit for our robots. But it's just interesting that the that the concept for that game show is almost the same storyline for this episode of of Sarah Jane.
4: Yeah. I've just Googled it um, to have a look at the pictures. Yeah, I I do see what you mean. Definitely yes. similarity. I've never heard of that before either.
0: Yes. Yeah, bit of a strange one, that. Not, not, a, not a bad thing, but uh, yeah, I just picked it up and I was like, hmm, those robots. Yeah. Yes. Um, right, so the other thing was there was very light on music for the most part, which is not a bad thing. There was a couple of the, uh, the usuals. Um, the music was by Sam Watts. No big themes or anything in this one because there's no, no emotional scenes with Sarah Jane or anything like that, really. And there was a couple of typical action bits when the robots are after them and and whatnot, but nothing else. Um, and then just visually, direction and editing and stuff like that, it just felt like, uh, like any other Sarah Jane story to me, really, which is not a bad thing because it's consistent. It always looks pretty decent so
4: yeah no it, it it looked fine i mean i was going to say i think it was um i was going to say probably one of the sort of more budget restricted episodes they probably had saved the budget for the previous story death of the doctor which seemed to have a lot of costumes and stuff going on this one's quite basic but then again like you said earlier they utilize it well you know the deserted streets the shot of london that they've managed to mix in um yeah, it, it, it visually it looked good, even though it's quite a sort of uh, basic compared to some of the Sarah Jane's. They, they definitely made use of it. And the direction by Ashley Way is decent. Like when the robots are smashing through the cap and stuff, it it all looks good in terms of a little 50-minute in brackets kids show. It all looks very high standard, if you like, for that. Yes. So, yeah, no yeah. complaints on the production side and the direction side of it is good as well.
0: Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Oh, great. yeah. Um, Right, scores then. Have you got anything else, dude? You no, I
4: haven't friends? got anything else, really. No, no, I've pretty, pretty much summed this one up, I think. Okay. I think, is it me or you to go first? It's you week? to go first, mate. Me, is it? Yeah. I'm going to go over six. Six. Six out of ten. Um, Yeah. It's okay. It was good. Good little watch, but nothing special. Okay. For me.
0: Okay. Yeah. No worries, dude. Uh, I'm going to give it a seven. Seven. Out of ten. Yeah, I quite like this one. It's, I think there's definitely... Much better SJA stories out there, and we've likely got better SJA to come. Uh, so, but it was a decent watch for me, and I did like the um, the character progression and building between Clyde and Ronnie. It was pretty good, and their performances I, were very good.
4: I have a feeling it'll be one I'll enjoy more on a second watch. You know, I right. I, I think because you go into a Sarah Jane, and I always expect so much I suppose I think if I was to just put this on and watch it again I'd probably really enjoy it but just uh yeah it just didn't do it didn't set my world on fire yesterday when I put it on that's all but yeah. it was still good
0: No, Roger uh talking of Sarah Jane to come very mm-hmm. sadly mate we've got five more stories I know and that's your I lot
4: no I realized this yesterday when I put the disc in and um there was just one disc left at the back of the box set series five and I thought only one disc left what's co- and i thought yeah we're reaching the end
3: mm-hmm.
4: and i just yeah i don't i don't want to get to the end too soon
0: no no we do yep yeah. uh rightio so it's a six from him and a seven from me what did our awesome listeners think we had a few audio clips in which is great thank you very much nice let's cool. kick off with mr joe turner
3: for me this is a decent watch i love the atmosphere of the episode which starts from a gorgeous CGI shot of the Earth spinning. There's lots of noise, then silence, which is really, really effective. There is huge character progression for Ronnie and Clyde in this story. At the start, Clyde insists the problem is too big for them, but throughout they are incredibly perceptive, noticing how Gavin has very few computer games and pictures with his aunt and uncle, thus they are able to find out that he's at the nature reserve. I love we get to heart back to a previous episode when Clyde and Ronnie were grounded by the Jadoon. It ties in the episodes really, really well. The robot design looked good, But they did look a little too plasticky and could only do a fast walk like the Cybermen. Also, it was like the people inside was always their best robot impression, and it wasn't always very, very good. Also, I found it a little too confined to specific locations like the High Street clothes shop and Gavin's flat. Thus, I didn't always feel the global scale. Finally, the five-second scene of Gavin's planet was beautiful. I loved the gigantic citadel and the spiralling planet. We don't often get to see that kind of thing in SJA, so it was really nice. Overall. It was a fun story which relies on Clyde and Riley to take the reins and they deliver, showing how much they've learned from SJA. And Riley was very good with that Sonic lipstick. So, overall, I give it a 7 out of 10. Thank you. The sonic lipstick. Forgot about that.
4: Yes, I thought exactly the same thing I meant to say. It was really cool that I like that Riley got that. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, nice Joe? one, Joe. A 7. Very cool. Uh, and also, yeah, the opening shot, the CG shot of the Earth spinning and, yes, and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, that looked
4: really nice, actually.
2: Again, you, yeah, very good. Uh, standard for a show.
4: show,
0: Yeah. Yeah, Cheers, Joe. Uh, Moving on, this is Mr Matt Steele.
2: Hello, Gary and Adam. Matt Steele here again. Hope you guys are well and having a good week. So, this week, The Empty Planet. It's great to see Clyde's mum again, and Clyde's artwork of the Shan Sheath is amazing. I wonder if the series continued, they would have sent him down the whole scholarship route thing. The fact that they are freaked out by there being absolutely no noise at all only kind of works in cities. Try living in the countryside, the sound of nothing is normal. I doubt I'd realise anyone was gone for about a week. Is that the same cafe that they used in the wedding of Sarah Jane Smith when Luke met Mr Dalton? The robots look really good for the time of production. I'm glad they made the actual costume instead of using CGI as that probably wouldn't have aged as well. The evolving relationship between Rani and Clyde is wonderful to watch, and at last, very slowly, they're starting to see it for themselves. Ronnie and Clyde excel themselves in this story. This could easily have been a flop due to only using, like, two locations and only two of the show's regulars. However, because they bring such strong performances, the whole story works perfectly. I think I'll give this story an 8.5 out of 10. Cheers, guys. I'll see you again.
0: An 8.5? 8.5 from Matt. Yeah, I agree with you, dude. It's the... That's what did it for me as well, with the performances from those two. And... Mm -hmm. And like you said, only a couple of locations to work with. Only two regulars from the show. It could have easily been, oh, crikey, this is awful. But yeah, it's pretty decent. So cool, man. An 8.5 from Mr. Matt. Right, moving on. This is our regular from down under, Sammy Satine.
4: Hey, Gary and Adam. Sammy Satine here. So the empty planet. Not much to say, really. This was a bit of a fizzer. The big clunky robot thing starts here. After this, we get two robots in Dinosaurs on a Spaceship and King Hydroflex's body in the Husbands of River Song. At least here they serve a function.
3: I do feel there is a slight pacing issue here. Feels like it drags a bit in places. Overall, I give it five big clunky robots out of ten. See ya.
0: Middle of the road for Sammy on this one. Uh
4: the right, yeah. I yeah, I had a feeling Sammy wouldn't be too yeah.
0: fast on this one. Yeah. Oh well maybe the next SJ we get to Sammy, you'll be uh you'll be uh, more into that one. But yeah, a five from Sammy, thank you very much. And lastly this is DarlessNet 66.
1: The Empty Planet. I don't like this one. Well I, mean, I think it has like a kind of an interesting idea and I think the main premise and the first fifteen minutes of the story are rather interesting. I think the chemistry between Clyde and Rani is also rather good. But after that, it just kind of goes downhill, because I find the plot rather unengaging and uninteresting, and I think the robots are rather unoriginal villains, and they fail to be menacing. But the main thing that just stops me being able to enjoy the story completely is Gavin just because the child's accent is just terrible and I just get so frustrated and cross with the story because I can't enjoy his performance or his interaction with the rest of the, the cast which stops me from enjoying the story and he's just I can't, all due respect to him but I just can't enjoy his performance whatsoever which really frustrates me so I think there are much better Sarah Jane Adventure stories
4: Poor old Gavin.
0: Oh dear,
1: no
4: score from Gavin, but <laughs> I,
0: essentially, I didn't like it.
4: I didn't think the actor was that bad, but yeah, I mean, not the best. It's got any Golden Globes, but yeah. you
0: know. <laughs> okay, so there we go. Not the uh, so we had a couple of people that liked that on the audio views. A couple of people about yeah, me yeah, me, yeah, yeah. not mm-hmm. a fan of this one. Uh, let's rattle through some of the socials. We had a few over on Twitter. Daniel Fox says this has always been one of my fave SJA really? stories. I love Clyde and Ronnie's chemistry, and I adore the unique concept of the story. I've especially, uh, I especially love the build-up, direction, and eeriness in part one. Nine robots out of ten.
4: Nine out of ten. Wow. Okay.
0: Nice. Uh, Sam Sam Dooley zero one one says one of the best SJA stories. Absolute blast. The duo works very well together and have so much chemistry. It's fantastic. Nine out of ten. I've wow. uh, been going back and listening to old episodes of your podcast while I work. Great stuff. Thank you very much, Sam.
4: Nice one. Cheers. Uh,
0: Jordan Shortman, one of our writers and reviewers, says an interesting one that shows us that the great chemistry between Rani and Clyde and the actors. It also shows us how much they have learned from Sarah Jane, but an episode made because of Liz Sladen' illness. Oh, uh, is it? Coming next from Death of the Doctor was never going to be easy. That's very true, Jordan. Following up very from true. yeah from that one. Thank you very much, buddy. Uh, T says I remember watching this from a broadcast with my son. Thought the robots looked good, even if a little transformerish. <laughs> uh, nice story, a bit lightweight, but enjoyable. Great character development for Clyde and Rani. A solid seven point five. And lastly on Twitter, Sarah Louise, the running Hoovian says, this story was okay, but nothing special for me. It was good to explore Clyde and Rani's relationship further, and they worked very well together, but I didn't find the storyline very believable, particularly the ending where they are prepared to hand Gavin over without question. Five yes. out of ten. Yes. That's what I thought. Very true. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and we had just one comment over on Facebook. This is Joseph Howarth. It says, another great episode of SJA. It's nice that Clyde and Rani, not the Rani, Adam.
4: Oh, Really? Ah.
0: <laughs> yes it's nice that these two have got a spotlight episode and the world was saved thanks to them instead of sarah jane because i really do like their dynamic the robots kind of remind me of something out of star wars uh, gavin was probably the only weak link in this episode otherwise nice little mystery to solve and very engaging episode eight out of 10.
4: Eight out of ten okay fair enough
0: coolio and uh, what have we got next week buddy
4: Next week, fire, fire up the Keller machine because we shall be reviewing the third Doctor <laughs> story, The Mind of Evil.
0: The Mind of Evil, mind eh? The Mind
4: of Evil, yeah. I
0: think this is one of the first Pertwee stories that I watched. I think I picked up like two or three of them together at the beginning, and I think this is one of them, I think.
4: Season eight as well, so this will be on the new box set when it comes out.
0: Indeed, yeah. This How is many, a six-parter.
4: Is it six parts, is it? Yes
0: so right. grab a grab some food some snacks uh, and enjoy a bit of delgado action in this one a bit of master oh, is, action is, is,
4: oh good good okay i think it's Del- I'm, not, I'm pretty I, sure it's delgado yeah i hope so i guess i don't remember a lot about this apart from the is this the yeah the color machine i'm thinking the right thing aren't i yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah cool cool yeah well i look, like, like a bit of We're looking forward to that
0: yes so that'll be next week uh, right, but <laughs> that Sorry, week. I
4: just I just googled "mind of evil" and the first image that come up on Google. This is a really funny picture of John Pertwee pulling. You know those faces he pulls, oh, yeah, like yeah. when he's got a tentacle around. It's literally the first picture that come up for him. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So look forward to that next week.
0: Ah, old Pertwee, eh?
4: <laughs> that's a great picture. That.
0: Yeah. Again, I think we're going to do that for 292. Oh,
3: there for two ninety two.
1: episode
0: 292 is over yeah (laughs) thank you so much for coming back and listening for another week of the big blue box doctor who podcast those of you that have just jumped on board who have discovered the show welcome big big wave to you all thank you very much for joining uh long time listeners the grizzled ancients welcome back for another week (laughs) it's great to have you all here as always uh right so next week as adam said our review is going to be the third doctor story the mind of evil so get your your dvds or your britbox uh, app fired up give that a watch because we'll be asking for your reviews as always thank you so much to all of you that sent in your reviews and audio clips for this week for the sarah jane story the empty planet was very cool uh but next week yes yeah, some uh, some per tweet action in the meantime until next week head over to our website bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk you can list all of our shows on there plus we have our cool articles and reviews by our writing team so go and check that stuff out uh, or you can listen to our show on whatever podcast app you get your podcasts on just do a search for us or there are links on the website and if you've got a minute to leave a review or a rating for us that would be amazing because that helps us out Loads and loads. We had a couple of really lovely ones over the last uh, week or two, so thank you so much to those people that have um, reviewed the show. That means a lot, thank you. Uh, We are on the socials too Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Just do a search for the big blue box. You'll find us on there, or again, links on the website. And we have a free Discord server as, as well. So come and hang out and chat Doctor Who with plenty of other cool Doctor Who people. You'll find a link on the website for that. And remember to check out my co-host channel again over on youtube it is the geeks handbag
4: yes. And yes i'm on all the socials i love instagram twitter and well not so much facebook but i am on all of them <laughs> but i love instagram and twitter yeah they're my yes. faves
0: yeah so do a search on youtube and instagram twitter maybe facebook for the geeks well, I am handbag on
4: there. i just don't like it as much yeah
0: <laughs> the old geeks handbag get a drink get comfy loads of cool uh, geeky videos over there will keep you entertained for a couple of hours. So go and do that. Uh, next week, bud, we're going to go through the mind of evil, as we've said. So until then, take care of yourselves. And my name's Gary. My name's Adam. And remember, hey. 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 Hey.